Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Juan Galt Show. This is um, a new kind of format that I've been experimenting with and uh, collaborating with on with the Bitcoin News team. Uh, I'm sure we've seen some of the newsletters I've put out in regards to Twitter Spaces. We're doing a weekly Twitter Spaces event. Uh, you know, they're usually Sundays, but uh, we might uh, optimize the, the the time. Uh, this show was done, I believe, on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, we covered the news of the week, um, specifically the week of the 11th that, that ended on, on on the 11th of June. And uh, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, we cover topics like, um, are they attacking us? Is this the day attack you stage? And I certainly believe that it is. And uh, various strategies that have been proposed to deal with it, or how do we reach mainstream Bitcoin adoption, how do we become, how does Bitcoin become the dollar standard or the, you know, the money of the world? Um, and uh, anyway, we did, we had a great conversation. I'm not going to try to summarize it too much. Uh, keep in mind, this is a very different space than having like a controlled uh, interview environment, right? So we're having people join on, uh, audio quality varies uh, and is somewhat volatile at times. So please have some patience with that. I promise you that in general, the show went very well and any slow, small interruptions in quality or anything like that were quickly resolved. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully you can join us. If you'd like, you're welcome to join us in the future. We're going to be, be doing a few more shows like this, uh, hopefully for a long time with Bitcoin news and hopefully it'll do very well and we'll be having uh, big guests join us that means it's an opportunity for anybody to come and ask questions of top guests right which i'm honored to be a part of and as my uh, subscribers you'll have an exclusive opportunity to join as well so um thank you for listening and without further ado uh, the first episode of uh, twitter spaces with uh, bitcoin news Just a little bit about myself as well. So I started in this industry in 2014. I, I wrote for Bitcoin Magazine, Cointelegraph, uh, Bitcoin.com, News BTC. Like, I wrote for like six, seven different publications. I think I wrote over like 150 articles. I then started doing YouTube and I interviewed a bunch of people. I did, you know, over 100 episodes uh, or different videos on YouTube. Um, I started a consulting brand, did a lot of consulting with people perhaps like you who are just trying to trying to understand how to grab a foothold of this industry and make sure you secure your keys properly and, and understand the industry, you know, and, and answer a lot of these questions. So I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting. Uh, I've done a lot of trading, a lot of speculating um, and a lot of media over the years. And then recently I just started kind of writing, uh, writing like long form pieces uh, on Substack just to kind of get a lot of things off my chest. Uh, so if you if you're ever bored and want to uh, you know want to read a four thousand word piece on any particular uh, philosophical topic, uh, go have a look at that at that website. Maybe you'll find something interesting. But um, 
yeah and so now we're we're i think it's it's definitely a time of kind of culture war um it seems to me that we've entered the we've crossed the rubicon in this industry we're in the in the then they attack you stage seems to me that we are uh they're playing a kind of divide and conquer and it's sort of working because you know of course it was going to work right uh they're separating bitcoin and crypto as a as a securities and commodities and crypto is mostly securities so they're right about that but i think there's a sort of underhanded um uh, attack, which is like, what what does it mean for Bitcoin to be a commodity? I think that's going to be an interesting question going forward. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I can keep going here, but uh, should we should we begin? Should we just start covering the the, the news of the week? Um, I think we could keep going because I'm just about to start adding them to the nest, so we can have them on top. And uh, I figured I was going to yeah get them from Telegram, get them over. Uh, you know, one thing I was interested in, you mentioned that you had done coaching and consulting. Um, what was your insight there and, and, and when did that happen and how exactly did you structure it and like, you know, what type of um, clients did you have? So, so that's actually very interesting. Like how, you know, how do people, like at what stage do people um, realize, okay, I need help and, and I need someone professional. And then also how do you, um, you know, uh, convey the trust that's necessary to, because if you know if you help someone set up the private key well i mean <laughs> you need a lot of trust right either it's someone from you know family or someone like that has a, a big brand so i think as an uh, to start you know as an individual it might not be that easy right i mean you can obviously like do the the you know the front level consulting like you know just okay like ex explain how it works recommend some books um could you share some more on that yeah absolutely um so i started in in 2014 with a brand called uh, <clears throat> embark bitcoin um later on i i just kind of rebranded that i i can't really remember what i rebranded it to but eventually became bitcoin uh be your own vault.com and uh we basically just um used my brand as as a sort of as as the as the flag to invite people to join you know i you know i've, I've got i've gained somewhat of a positive reputation in the industry since i joined um but yeah, trust is a very um, delicate thing, especially in crypto security consulting and, and, and such. And so you just have to act with integrity. You just have to be very careful. You know, if you're doing it in person, as soon as anything remotely close to writing a password you know, happens, you got to look the other way, walk out of the room, whatever. Right. Be very clear in your instructions. You just have to act with integrity. Right. Um, over, you know, a lot of the conversations were over the phone and it was with, uh, people that were new to the industry that were recommended to us by somebody that we knew or somebody that we worked with. And, um, you know, a lot of the time is, you know, as simple as, Hey, you know, uh, make sure you write the 12 words, put them on paper. Don't take a picture of it. Don't share them with anybody. Uh, it's like your passport, stash it, you know, make a copy of it, put it in, in, you know, engrave it in metal if you if you if you can, you know, get a hardware wallet, you know, don't get that hardware wallet, right? Um, you know, avoid that wallet, get this wallet, a lot of a lot of that stuff. Um, also, people tend to have a lot of questions about like Bitcoin versus crypto and which shit coins to buy and which not to buy. And my position was always generally like, you know, most of it is Ponzi schemes. But then I, as a trader, I also would tell people, well, here's what I buy, you know, but obviously, like, be very careful, right? And, you know, there's a lot of people come to this industry for the money. It's the reality. People want to make some extra cash, right? And they're going to have those questions. And if you don't answer those questions, then they're going to go ask somebody else and they're going to tell them to go buy monkey coin and 
and and uh, and and you know YOLO, Dogecoin. And so I think you have to you have to understand where people are coming from. Not everybody's here for the orange mission. I think they end up becoming kind of uh, orange pilled as they get screwed by by the Ponzi's, right? And so I was always kind of like, you know, pulling the back to Bitcoin. But you know, people want to know about the market as well. But they want to know what I think about various coins. Often, you know, half the time they would come with random coins that I've never looked into, right? But uh, yeah, a lot of that, you know, a lot of boomers that, um, you know, just wanted to grab a position, you know, uh, some consulting around, like <laughs> I had a client once come to me she had like, she had like 20 different uh, altcoins and, um, and she was concerned that the exchanges were going to get hacked. And so she wanted me to help her uh, self-custody them. I don't know if you've never, if you've ever tried to self-custody 20 different shit coins, but um not easy because half of them are not on hardware wallets which means you got to download crazy software and then uh keep tabs on everything you got to do some serious accounting around it um we we worked i mean you know i i advised her against that much you know that kind of investment but some people like she she didn't want to hear it. she was like no i think they're cool it's like okay great so let's get to work and you know at the very least if you're gonna if you're gonna have crap coins uh, i want to make sure they're well you know, I want to make sure you're securing them properly. You're not going to get hacked, right? And so, you know, that kind of worked. Um, there's a lot of that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I've been thinking, you know, I, I had like a full workshop on cybersecurity and like how to keep yourself from getting SIM swap hacked or how to do password management properly and such. And uh, I'm thinking about reviving that and, and publishing that on Substack. Uh, it's it's a good amount of work. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I haven't sort of, got into writing all that yet but uh, it's something that will probably come very soon as well yeah many people have a, a shitcoin past i hope um i hope you can repent and become uh, free from them from their from the demons <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see how this goes i mean hopefully um, we'll have some some debate on that as well uh, throughout the course of of this um of the show because I, I you know it is an ongoing debate right in discourse i mean i'm obviously you know old enough now i think and experienced enough to say well i really don't you know care about shit coins whatsoever because you know at some point you just you, you you've seen it all you know it all it's kind of easy to answer but obviously a lot of people right they don't know and um i think until today right like if you ask people what they think about bitcoin they answer Oh yeah, that's a that's crypto, right? Like, yeah, I'm in crypto, <laughs> and so that's where we have where we see the problem as well, right? That um, it's just a lot of education necessary for people to understand the differences that Bitcoin is sound money and cryptos are shit coins. Yeah, absolutely, and and people are gonna have those questions, you know, because they're gonna get exposed to marketing, and the fact is uh, that crypto people have marketing budgets, you know, because they're centralized and they have sponsors and VCs and shit, right? So. They're gonna they're gonna have marketing and they're gonna push and 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 so people that are new they're gonna be exposed to all of it you know they're we're not in a bubble we live in the internet age and um, and so you have to have a decent defense of Bitcoin and you have to be efficient in your communication of the key points right like twenty one million fifty thousand nodes you can you can audit the chain yourself locally in a normal computer. Uh, hold your own keys. We have the best wallets in the industry, the best security in the industry, very conservative, you know, 99.9% .9 uptime, 
you know, like you can really defend Bitcoin and then you can you have to know how to attack crypto because they're going to come with all kinds of bullshit. So you not you have to know the weaknesses of Ethereum. You have to know the weaknesses of of the top coins. So, so you can actually <laughs> so you can actually wound their their reputation in the eyes of the plebs and the new and the noobs. Right. And so, you know, I think there's a temptation to kind of withdraw and, you know, to each their own. Not everybody has to be a, a kind of, you know, not everybody has to be uh, in, in, in the Twitter war swinging, so to speak. But um, I think we do have to engage the topics and uh, and know how to take them down. And the problem is there's a million of them. Right. So you can't you can't know every single one and all the details about them. But, you you know, I think there's yeah, we, you have to engage at least the category of them. Right. So. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's a big debate, and we clearly we're it's entered the the legal realm and regulatory realm in 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 the United States now, and so it's going to be really interesting to watch this play out. I mean, uh, Brian Armstrong just did a thirty minute interview with the Wall Street Journal, talking about how they're going to go to court with the SEC because they quote unquote need uh, regulatory clarity um, for the industry quote unquote, and so. We're in the then they fight you stage and uh, they're going to, you know, crypto people are going to fight back. And, you know, the way that I look at it, Bitcoin is probably going to be fine. But I think, you know, right now it's like the SEC uh, wrestling with the crypto world in the mud. And we're just sitting back uh, smoking a joint and watching the fight. But uh, I think I think um, we don't want to underestimate the adversaries here. Right. The the rumor has it. It's it's Gary Gangster partnered up with. Elizabeth Warren and, 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 you know, Elizabeth Warren hates this industry. So they're going to, they're probably doing a, you know, straightforward divide and conquer. Like let's you know leave Bitcoin alone for now. Clearly they're not going after Ethereum, even though Ethereum is most certainly a, a security or at least very arguably so, but they're not touching Ethereum because it's too big. They're going after the exchanges and the, and the, and the lower, lower cap altcoins. And then once they round up and deal with that, then they're going to turn their eyes to either Ethereum or Bitcoin and Bitcoin will already be categorized as a commodity. So what does that mean for Bitcoin? You know, um, in, in, in the, in the cynical or, or the, or the adversarial thinking uh, side of that argument, you know, like, like gold was allegedly manipulated by wall street for how long, you know, and it was manipulated under commodities regulations, right? Uh, can they do that to Bitcoin? I don't know. I think Bitcoin has things that make it not exactly a commodity, right? It's money. It's money because of many reasons. And so I think there's a conversation to be had there um, that uh, we're going to see develop uh, going forward as well. Yeah. What is your personal uh, projection for this? Well, you know, because you see a lot of the crypto boys Know, crying now oh yeah you know you should be uh, we we're all in this together and the bitcoiners are like no no we're not <laughs> you got that wrong um but of course i mean um it could also mean that if the regulatory attention and pressure increases you know as you know the, the administration realizes well you know it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and we're getting closer and closer and closer to uh, towards a situation where you know like the inflation just picks up more and every money printing makes the problem worse and you know there's capital flight into bitcoin that they could also say right we need to absolutely make sure that this doesn't happen and that we have control um so yeah where do you see this um do you think that you know there will be crackdown um 
you know, there's still a lot in the playbook, I think, in terms of how to ban it, what to ban it. I mean, practically in the U.S., there is a soft ban on spending in my eyes because it's made so difficult with, you know, capital gain tax on, on selling. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what do you think? Do you think we, we can, uh, we have to brace for, <laughs> for the worst or is it, did they already realize that they can't do anything? You know, just like Mariana basically now is getting legalized everywhere because it's de facto legal, right? Like they, they can't enforce it anymore. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, in the U.S. specifically, you know, we definitely have uh, some political momentum, right? Like uh, Florida, Texas, there's definitely political momentum. There's definitely Congress people that are on our side or at least, you know, paying lip service to Bitcoin. Um, but I don't know that we have enough uh, political momentum in the U.S. to you know, do something like like define Bitcoin as currency or money. Um I don't know how long that would take and I don't know I don't know how far we are from that but I I'm, I'm my intuition tells me we're not quite there yet. And so you know I think that the argument that Michael Saylor uh, made back in the day about um you know Bitcoin as a commodity and the dollar as a currency even if Michael Saylor is a fed which I understand there's an argument for that I think that that argument on its own is interesting strategically speaking uh, i would prefer it to be currency and, and i'm a big supporter of el salvador i've written a couple of big pieces on el salvador uh if she hits a fan i'm probably going to move to el salvador and so um i think it's much better to have bitcoin as a money and and be able to not have to incur you know some sort of capital gains tax when you spend it uh that's certainly a huge burden on bitcoin as a as a currency you know because uh, you know a lot of people like there's a lot of anarchists in the in the bitcoin industry in crypto but there's a lot of normies that actually do pay their taxes and so they're gonna think hold on a second what happens if i buy something am i gonna lose 30 percent here that's an immediate non-starter so um i think i think as a currency needs to be we you know fighting the state you know is a is a is a is a nice dream and i think it's something that we need to we need to resist statism as, as an industry and we need to you know bitcoin needs to stand on its own feet but at the same time, we're talking about the Leviathan, right? The most monolithic institutions in the history of the world, the most powerful institutions in the history of the world. So I think I think there's something to be said for the strategy that was laid out by Sailor, which is the audio cut out here a little bit. So I'm just going to re-record this. Um, Michael Saylor's uh, strategy for Bitcoin adoption is basically to use Bitcoin as a payments rail and uh for the dollar to move on top of right because the dollar is uh recognized worldwide most of the worlds that is denominated in it so you accumulate bitcoin and use it as collateral for taking out loans that are denominated in dollars obviously you do this with uh very high collateralization so maybe 20 percent of your bitcoin value maybe 25 uh in a bear market right you don't want to be doing this during a bull market but you take out loans and that's how you spend and then Bitcoin just grows as your savings account and you never had to sell it. And because you don't sell it, then you don't occur capital gains tax. Um, and so that's that's his strategy. That's sort of the way that I think, you know, the, the way that the trends seem to be pushing the industry. Um, from the crypto perspective, look, there's a lot of Ponzi schemes, a lot of a lot of scams. There's a, the, the the crypto world is riddled with scams. Um, there is interesting technology in the depths of that, you know, 
Like I think there's there's there is some Dex technology you can say some good things about, you know, within the crypto world. But you know, we have to, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of you know this trading Ponzi schemes uh, in an anonymous centralized way. Like it's just not interesting to me. So um, I don't know. I think um, I'm 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 my my intuition is like let them fight it out but like let's prepare for the counterattack that's going to come when the sec and crypto settle it uh, i don't know that i i don't know who i would put money on i think obviously the sec is a big beast but uh you know i wouldn't underestimate the lobbying powers of this industry you know and there's clearly congressmen that are trying to or at least on paper trying to uh get gary gensler fired so we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting show. It's going to last six months. There's going to be a cloud over the industry for the next six months or a year. We haven't even gotten to a court case with FTX, you know, like FTX scammed, you know, how many millions of people straight up blatantly robbed them and that uh, we still haven't done a court case. It'll come later this year. So there's uh, we're in for a year of regulatory uncertainty and a cloud over the industry. But Bitcoin Bitcoin is not part of that uncertainty. Bitcoin is is a commodity, according to multiple regulators, allegedly, right? And so, like that seems to be what's what's what the category and the consensus is. We'll see if that needs to settle legally a little bit more. But um, you know, Bitcoin is clearly not a security. I don't think anybody has doubts about that. So Bitcoin will be okay. However, this is gonna this is Operation Choke Point. This is. Uh, this is generally uh, a cloud over the industry. Um, on the other side of this, though, you know, how, whenever this gets the regulation settles, if it settles, you know, we're probably going to see a the launch of the CBDCs and b the pump in the market, like a like a like the entrance of actual institutional money and actually regulated money, because now there will be clarity, you know. And if Bitcoin survives it, which I you know I think it will in the United States, then, um, then we'll probably see a big, big move. So that's, that's kind of how I'm, how I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, regardless, it looks good for Bitcoin, right? Um, I think no. So if I were in, into altcoins, right, I would be scared because I don't have, I don't have that, that hash power backing it. I don't have the, um, all the development that's going on right now on Bitcoin with, you know, a new privacy tool, like uh, Satoshi lab, just, introduce a new a new p2p app um i wouldn't have that market cap um i wouldn't have that adoption especially right so no other coins i think is is well okay you could argue well ethereum uc tether is used for transaction and stuff but i think bitcoin is still the number one transaction currency if you want to move big money right no other thing can meaningfully provide uh, a store of value um a promise right there's nothing there's no second best but then also you know i mean us are nice right but like there's other countries, so uh, I'm sure. It, so, if in the worst case, you know, there would be a massive ban or whatever, not going to happen. I, I think um, then still there would be so there would be everyone would go somewhere else. Mining would go somewhere else. We we seen that with China, by the way. Oopsie doopsie, China is back. You know, twenty percent of of hash rate, <laughs> um, and then also El Salvador, right? Like, I mean, um, a lot of countries are now embracing it already, right, and and taking their advantage there. So either way, right? Uh, all this SEC for us, it's popcorn um, showtime, and 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 you know, as you said, six months. See, um, as for a Bitcoiner, this is fun, right? Like you should not feel concerned. Um, you cannot ban math meaningfully, right? Uh, <laughs> you cannot um, prevent people from simply running running numbers. Um, 
it is yeah as i said i think there is not that much more that they would need to do like they already have you know exchanges regulated and licensed well you know take some more off the market that could definitely hurt. i mean it's already right you know they already limited right now right like custodia bank but does it does does i mean it's definitely bad for the us and its innovation and you know other countries have an advantage but does it hurt bitcoin like as long as you have an on ramp you know it, it, like you shouldn't be bothered you should be moisturized uh happy and in your lane yeah and you know people have probably gotten too comfortable to the centralized exchanges you know i mean it would be really bad if all these on ramps got shut down right like it would actually hurt but um you know we bitcoin started as you know anonymous you know or pseudonymous you know internet money and uh a lot of p2p markets developed out of a lack of banking and and that made bitcoin very strong in the early days um i think um you know bitcoin in, in a way is anti-fragile and there is pretty interesting peer-to-peer technology uh that is actively developing you know Bit, bitfinex is going to be launching something uh very interesting soon um that i've been hearing uh hearing about so you know i it's it's going to be definitely interesting to watch. I, I I don't think we, you know, war is never good. Everybody, nobody wins wars except those that finance them, right? So, you know, but but yeah, things are going to get things are going to get interesting, and a lot of these things are going to go offshore, right? Like Coinbase is going to go offshore, Binance already offshore. Um, you know, if if these crypto securities go get, you know, if if a lot of this industry gets kind of regulated out of the united states they're just going to go offshore um there's a possibility for people to do like a you know a, a basic financial literacy test in order to be able to trade these these assets on uh or the shit coins on exchanges and you know that wouldn't be the worst you know i think people that are not taught anything about finance or money in schools you know uh, maybe doing a test is a good how ignorant people are financially and so I think the, the the big topic here is uh, financial literacy. You know, like getting scammed with Ponzi schemes because they're financially literate and nobody talks about this, right? And so they're being led by greed and emotion uh, and ignorance. And uh, so yeah, more financial literacy is really the cure here. Just like better, you know, health uh, habits are the way to solve you know a lot of the problems in the world, right? Better nutrition and so on. Um, so. So yeah. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? That's pretty good. I uh, you said some things. Uh, I just had some thoughts. Um, you know, we we're talking about the SEC. They're going after shit coins, and you're saying, hey, they they might try and turn their sights. The government as a, as a whole might try and turn their sights on Bitcoin afterwards. And I kind of have this idea that you know, it's better that we fight them over there than we fight them over here. Like, if mm. we fight potentially for the right, at least of some of the less scammy projects to, um, you know, to exist, to, to continue. Um, if we win that battle there, then Bitcoin remains beyond question. And I know that's, that's not entirely appealing to some people. Um, but if I'm pushed up against the wall and you have to tell me, do you want to deal with the scams that there's kind of like open scams and people are just doing bullshit? Um, or do we want to hand sort of this monolithic power to the government to just rule over cryptocurrency as a whole I'll take the decentralized scams over the monolithic government any day, because at least in that case, we have the opportunity to present projects that are good. Whereas if the government gains too much power, we could see them shutting down Bitcoin in ways that are very harmful to the ecosystem. 
I do. I do think that there's a there's an argument for uh, again, like if your enemy is making a mistake, don't interrupt them. And uh, this divide and conquer can be played uh, both ways, right, from both directions. So I'm not I'm not gonna cheer on the SEC, you know, and I'm not gonna necessarily cheer on crypto, but. I, I, you know, I want them to fight really hard, you know, like I want them to go all out. I want the crypto industry to like, you know, hire lobbyists, you know, uh, sue Gary Gensler, sue the SEC. Like, I hope they go really hard because that'll, you know, a wounded SEC in this market and a wounded uh, partnership between uh, Elizabeth Warren and Gary Gensler would probably be good for the world. You know, I don't think these people are particularly good. Gary Gensler oversaw FTX uh, scamming half of the industry and collapsing, right? So who is this guy, right? And 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 Elizabeth Warren is just at a whole other level of crazy. So um, I want him to fight hard, you know, you know, and I think as from a pure strategic perspective, it makes sense for us to kind of encourage <laughs> both sides. Obviously, crypto is, on our, is, is closer to us. Um, but um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's, I don't know how that's going to play out. You know, I think... Uh, the SEC is very imposing and 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 uh, it looks monolithic, um, but uh, we're in, in very weird political times. So um, I could see I could see Eric uh, losing his job like on the other side of this, and that would be amazing. That would be like that would be shocking politically, right? Like it would be like uh, like this industry would be would, would gain a, a a huge win, right? And obviously, shitcoins would go crazy and Ponzi schemes would go everywhere. But um, anyway, I, I tend to agree with that sentiment. And yeah, Como has posted some tweets about that as well, right? Like, the only thing worse than decentralized anonymous Ponzi schemes is the SEC. <laughs> it's kind of the tweets that we've been making. So I think that, you know, I think there's an argument for that. What do you make of um, Gary Gensler's past where he, like, like, so for example, he, one of the, I think it was, was it Algo or Adam or I can't remember which one, some shitcoin. When he was at MIT, he was like, oh, this is really good. It's not a security. You know, it's, they've done really well. He, apparently, he tried to go to CZ, you know, got rejected. What, what do you think, what do you make of that? Gary Gensler, like, seeming to be on both sides of this. Could there be an argument that this is kind of like a quote-unquote attack against crypto that they're kind of just using to jack around price, you know, because, I mean, insiders love to do that with these shit coins, right? Uh, they, even, they even love to do it with Bitcoin when they can get away with it. Um, so, like, what just in general, what do you make of Gary Gensler's sort of, like, keeping uh you know keeping a hand in both cookie jars yeah i think there's you know gary gensler's probably a very sophisticated political creature right like he's you know upper echelons right like mit you know he's got all the all the uh, academic uh medals right um and uh, but that doesn't mean he's rich and that probably means he's very ambitious and so you know, I the way that I see this is it's surprising how quiet Gary Gensler has been about Ethereum. You know, like he yeah, you know, he said some things, but like in a moment like this, to avoid Ethereum and avoid the issue of Ethereum being a security, despite them doing a, an ICO worth 70% of their supply, right? Like I think you ha- not 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 addressing that directly is clear evidence that there are a avoiding it because maybe ethereum is too powerful uh with their lobby to take on plus you know binance and and coinbase maybe you can't really take all those players at once but b maybe ethereum is uh you know playing in the back end here and and 
and there's some shady deal here. I think it's surprising. Like if you look at a lot of these coins that got named by uh, the SEC, a lot of them are competitors to Ethereum. Um, and Ethereum people are, you know, being funded by Silicon Valley VCs that are now, they're not strangers to regulatory capture, right? Like that's how these games are played. And so um, I think Ethereum is, bene- is a benefactor of this. Um, and they, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, again, Gary Gensler is, is, is playing the position of kind of like a uh, protector of the plebs, but um you know, there's clearly very shady behind the scenes stuff that was happening, you know, or that could have happened with FTX, right? FTX was trying to do a regulatory capture. They're going to get a special license, right? Until they blow up, right? So uh, maybe, you know, like clearly there's backroom deals happening and that those are not what's going to be shown to the public. Um, Yeah, I'll chime in here. Um, So Gary, I don't know, I... He actually, before MIT, he was working for Goldman Sachs. And I mean, I've seen somewhere that he's made tens of millions, if not in excess of $100 million in his career. So he's got his money. Um, it seems like the thing that really drives him is sort of um, power, you know, and seeing his name in the headlines. I mean, what other SEC chair have you seen make like Twitter videos with animations where he's saying staking is not stake the food you eat. It's uh, gaining interest on your coins. You know, it's um, this guy really likes to see his face in the news. I mean, there was that report that he had actually tried to cozy up with CZ. I mean, as you said, uh, to be an advisor there before he was SEC chair. And he was super close with Sam Bankman-Fried um, while the, while he was organizing one of the biggest scams in in modern financial history. So I mean, this guy just really likes to be at the center of all things. And as you said before, he's teamed up with Elizabeth Warren. And I think that's how he's he's hooked his horse to that wagon. And he hopes that that will lead him to be Secretary of Treasury uh, sometime in the future if she's ever president. So, I mean, this guy seems to have a lot of ulterior motives and... I don't, if it was really about protecting the people, um, he probably would have done something a lot sooner than he already has instead of waiting until he's got major egg on his face with uh, with FTX blowing up like it did. And um, when it comes to Ethereum, I mean, he was very clear not to answer any questions about Ethereum when he was grilled in front of Congress a couple of weeks ago. And so, I mean, maybe that's the, the, the big kahuna. Maybe that's the the final boss in his eyes that he goes and takes, uh, takes on the exchanges. And then, um, then he sets his sights on Ethereum. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. I think I didn't know that about the, about the hundred million, but, uh, yeah, I mean, of course he's got his money. I think you're right. He is kind of like a celebrity, a regulator, which is weird. Um, it's definitely a new, a new thing. Um, so we'll we'll see how that plays I, out. I, I like what you said earlier, Juan. Uh, if the outcome is Gensler losing his job, that would be a fantastic signal uh, for the world, because in my eyes, that would uh, maybe also inspire other countries uh, to similarly, you know, check back. You know, is this guy right? Um, in general, it would just, um, you know, it's it would it's it's innovative in a way, right? Like um, these guys are in these positions for law for, 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 for many years. I know it from Malta. So, right. Uh, we, Malta is like this micro scale, 
uh, mini scale nation state, right? Like everyone knows each other. Everyone has, you know, relative in the Supreme Court or in the parliament. So it's like, there's no, it's like a complete joke basically. <laughs> um, and so the same, in the same model, they have the Malta Financial Service Authority, MFSA, and they say, you're good to go or you're not, right? Like you are, you get the license or you don't get the license. So this licensing game, right? It's, it's, it's all, um, uh, a show. Um, it's not about you know protecting consumers. It's about who they um, want, and you know, and, and it's it's corrupt, right? It's a position of power. So sure, you know, I you know, fine, like do do you know have some ha have you know license, you know, have way to of quality control and stuff like that, and, uh, and make sure that they're you know, sort of black sheep. But the question is, right? Is the SEC, you know, are they the right to do that? Um, Oh, and only like why is it a monopoly right like why can't there be free market initiatives to regulate and like self-regulation i think in, in switzerland they do that as well right um so i as a consumer feel like i could easily trust you know um the market for example as a bitcoiner i do a lot of research on you know which wallet has good reputation is it reproducible is it open source have the developers issuing it being you know showing you know have they do they have a good track record stuff like that right like like if if it wouldn't be for the government to nanny everything actually everything would be much much safer people would be more educated <laughs> um I, I also put this um uh tweet in the nest about uh, cnbc fast money right <laughs> it's like legacy media right so fast money here you go jim jim kramer stuff like that right so they're they're the problem right and so if gary Gensler would be if if they so i like what you said you know let them fight right um and if that would be the outcome, I think that would be phenomenal because it would be, even though I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't care, right? I mean, I don't care about crypto. I don't care about Gensler. Um, it's still, I, I agree on that side that it would be a nice thing that there is a, a private sector, even though it's, you know, com a complete scam in my eyes. And, you know, it's, it's good that it's dead and it's cleansing out. And uh, it's really just a get rich, rich, uh, get rich quick scheme for these VCs. Um, and most retail, you know, investors lose, lose on it. Um, but if if they would lobby and 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 fight back, that would still, sh to me at least, be a, a nice welcoming dynamic in this. And I would love for other countries in the same way that um, they have, you know, they realize, okay, well, you know, there's there's a young generation. Um, they want they want different rules. Um, you can't, you know, gatekeep this forever. Um, and you 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 have feedback, right? Like you can't just be the king and 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 uh, and then not even, you know, I mean, well, I really don't care about. Um, the crypto stuff, right? but uh, what people don't, don't mislike about Gensler is that there's not enough clarity and whatever reason. I think there's multiple angles to look at that as well, right? Why it's so unclear, right? Like, because they might benefit in, in different um, dimensions as well. So, but yeah, it, I, I really love that one. Um, <laughs> great shot. Uh, if, if he loses his job, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, that, that would be that would be really interesting. Um, and, you know, in the meanwhile, uh, while the SEC and crypto are wrestling in the mud, uh, we can be buying and selling stuff at Pleben, pleben.com. <laughs> How's that for a segue? <laughs> um, uh, this show, we do have a sponsor, you know, nothing in life is free. And uh, this show has uh, a sponsor. It's a, it's a Pleb lightning powered kind of Reddit. No, not Reddit. Sorry. Like uh, uh, a listing website, right? Cla yeah. Classifieds. Yeah, it's like a classifieds website and you can right now they have free listings uh and classifieds for everybody so it's basically free advertising and free advertising is free real estate so uh feel free to go and sell your wares pump your goods uh maybe you can hire somebody maybe you can get a job there uh go check out pleb pleb.com it's uh 
it's pinned on the nest um and uh, you know i i like to see a lot of these these companies experiment with uh lightning and lightning ux i think that there, there's a lot of cool technology developing there especially like uh lightning wallet logins that don't require passwords you know it's all using crypto cryptography based on the seed on your wallet and I mean, login management and password management is a nightmare. So um, I think this is a very interesting direction for this industry. And uh, websites like these are kind of experimenting and pushing the edge there. So um, check that out. Yeah, and I think that's that's another good uh, argument here again, you know, why Bitcoin is so untouched in this whole mess. Because I see all the Bitcoin protocol and Lightning protocol really ha have, uh, you know, they're Lindy, right? So they don't go away. You check the top 10 cryptocurrencies on coin market crap they change every four years right like nobody knows about uh you know the, the you know the altcoins cryptocurrencies from five years ago ten years ago um and nobody will know about solana in you know five years <laughs> um and so bitcoin on the other hand right like it always just grows because with every new startup with every new git commit with every new project with every new innovation with every new circular economy with every new user right with every new hodler um the network effect grows right like metcalf's law right like the more people do something in the space the more options you have for spending it or buying it or whatever right like it just grows as a network as a whole and so pleb and that's a good example i think that you know it just shows that you know why i mean that's actually you know the backstory here is pleb is a spinoff um a startup that's backed by uh, a large european bitcoin only um uh web shop so like a merch you know for everything like a like a you know costco or whatever or walmart online walmart for for stuff but everything in bitcoin right so they're one of the oldest and largest in europe uh all over europe and so for them they decided well maybe you know people want to also have some classifieds right like small announcements where they can sell their own stuff um, and, you know, it's a fantastic service. I think a lot of Bitcoiners would appreciate, like, getting, you know, stuff that they don't need sold for Bitcoin. Well, I think it's still a way to go until, you know, there's a, a serious market, but there's already listings. Everyone can list free. Um, I think this shows, you know, and this doesn't happen on Ethereum. They have these projects. Well, they trade, you know, JPEGs, uh, MonkeyPix and stuff. Um, they might have a project like that, right? Like, but it's gone again after when the VC money is burned, right? And in Bitcoin, you see, like, they have longer stamina. They have longer runway because they you know they built for the future they have a low time preference um so i think it's it's a big difference yeah yeah very interesting project um should we move on to uh this pakistan um crap coin story um i think we've we've talked a good amount about the regulatory uh, environment in the oh, us yeah. anyway let's go yeah, so uh, Pakistan to launch digital currency in likeness of Bitcoin. Um, so we've seen a, a lot of countries take, uh, let's say, radical stances on Bitcoin over the past few years. You know, obviously El Salvador supporting it and making it a, a national currency. Well, you know, and then that, that African country that just made crypto basically completely legal and then backtracked it like six months later. Um but uh, now Pakistan is going against, you know, is, is allegedly banning Bitcoin and planning to launch their own shitcoin, right? And I mean, this is like more of the same, just like nation state level. Um, I'm really curious what specs this coin is going to have, right? <laughs> like, you know, what's going to be the inflation rate? You know, what fork of what uh, what coin are they gonna are they gonna use, right? Is it going to be like Ripple or you know, like an Ethereum fork? 
but yeah, this is this is clearly the the beginning of the CBDCs, which is just nation state shitcoins. So um, we'll see how this plays out. I think um, you know Bitcoin's been banned in many countries before, and and it tends to survive and just go go dark. And so um, I you know I doubt that that. Uh, Pakistan has very advanced surveillance technology, so I'm sure that P2P markets will uh, continue to function. But um, yeah, what do you what do you think about this story, Lee? I mean, this is uh, yeah. The first, the, first, the first thing I can say is don't trust verify, um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, so I haven't researched that one. And all like what I would um, uh, assume is. That there's a possibility there's some something lost in translation a little bit and you know maybe they're doing a cbdc program and then an editor in pakistan said it's in the likeness of bitcoin um but who knows really what the plan is right so it could be just you know news headlines they go from one to the other and most journalists they pick it up and if it's a good headline you know they just continue to use it and then it's like the snowball so i'm not exactly sure if that's you know even that accurate to describe it but if it if if it is the case yeah, I think it's it's just. I mean, well, it could be. So I just don't know. Uh, I'm I'm just speculating here, right? But um, it could reflect the dynamic that we see with BRICS, on the other hand, and you know other countries as well, saying, "Hey, yeah, you know, we we need alternatives. Um, the reserve currency is struggling. We might as well just um, you know um, place our own bets on on our own horse or whatever." And at the same time, we have 160, I think. CBDC um, programs, every single country. I mean, don't forget, right? The uh, central bank system is a franchise um, <laughs> with uh, basically almost complete market penetration in, in every West, in every uh, country, right? It's all the same garbage uh, monetary system all over the world. So obviously, they you know they're, they're testing everywhere, right? Like they're testing it here, there, um, and and see what happens. And so yeah, I think it it's, it all shows um, it's the time is is now that things will change and the money that we use today um in my eyes 100 certain um in our lifetime this will change right and in my eyes personally rather faster um uh than slow um you know gradually than suddenly but yeah you know we cannot predict the future but i think headlines like like this just reflect right um there's a big dynamism now and that's good because we want free market competition. We want the best money to succeed. The best money is Bitcoin. Ultimately, there will be a, con, uh, you know, a convergence towards the hard money and all these um, attempts to make something better than before. Um, I don't trust them and uh, I, I wouldn't buy. So, yeah. Yeah, this feels like the last stage, like the final stage, the beginning of the end stage of this sort of, you know, fight, right? Like, I think it was... Um, well, what's the saying, right? Like first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. If we if we survive this, right? Like this is the big one, right? The, the big rug pull is coming. Um, you know, we're going to have a push to CBDCs. And I think we do need to prepare for that possibility. It could be, you know, it could be soon or it could be in 10 years. It's not exactly clear when they're going to pull it off when they think they can pull it off. They're going to they're going to launch it when they think they can win. Um, and so I think we have to kind of invest in local uh, independence and, and 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 privacy and security, you know, in, 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 order, in order to deal with what's very clearly telegraphed, which is they want to launch a CBDC that they can, you know, unplug you from at any moment if you are politically inconvenient to them. And then they want to basically 
do a one party state a la China, right? And so, um, you know, this is this is the master plan of the powers that be, you know, and 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 you know, people in power like that kind of stuff, right? Like they like having that kind of power because that means they can stay in power, right? So, um, I think we need to prepare for it, but um, yeah, I you know, I think there's a very good there's a likelihood that things like Pakistan, like if Pakistan launches their own crypto coin first and it fails, right? That's that's interesting, right? And it's happened before, right? Like Venezuela launched one, I think China was playing with one. Um, and you know, they're not in the news anymore, right? Because nobody cares, nobody wants it, right? So they if, if they are using the Bitcoin brand, be like, oh, it's like Bitcoin, right? It's the same brand grifting that many shitcoins do, right? They they just pretend they just kinda like it's like an affinity scam. They associate with, uh, sorry, my dog has lost uh, marbles, but um, yeah, he's, seeing, like an he's saying, fuck these shit coins, let's buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, so it's an affinity scam. It's just, you know, like trying to associate with Bitcoin in order to get people to support it or at least be be defer, defer uh, hostility, right? But um I mean, it, it's going to happen. We just got to be, we just got to be ready for it. It's going to be an interesting story to, to watch. All right. Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? Should we go back to regulation? That was more interesting, more exciting, right? Uh, if anybody has any quick comments on that uh, or questions, uh, raise your hand. We'll, uh, we'll get you on. I had one thought. Um, it seems that a lot of Ethereum L2 stuff is really taking off. Um, a lot of it's just kind of um, multi-sig centralized garbage. But one one trend that I've seen happening for the last year is it looks like they want to put stable coins on Ethereum layer 2 and use that as kind of like a backdoor CBDC. Um, you know, like, for example, Circle is backed primarily by U.S. Treasuries, allegedly. Um, we've never really seen an audit from them that can confirm that, but... Um, that might be one way that they can actually get a CBDC without necessarily calling it a CBDC, like maybe a quasi or pseudo CBDC. Yeah. Yeah, I think that obviously uh, USDC and USDC, in, in my opinion, has always had a plan to be a US-based CBDC. Like this was their master brilliant VC play. It's like, let's just make the CBDC before they need it. And then we'll solve all the problems and then we'll just have to buy it. And then we'll be basically lords in this new fiefdom, right? And uh, so I I do do think that that's one of the angles they're positioned for. And I've always thought that Ethereum was kind of, you know, perfect ground for that. Obviously, Ethereum is really expensive to use on chain. Uh, I think it costs like four USDT to move any USDT. On Ethereum, at least on on-chain layer one, uh, Ethereum has followed in Bitcoin's footsteps and gone to layer two scaling. At least people outside, apparently, like it's not even uh, core devs. It's like other people are just building L2s because you gotta scale this shit because it just doesn't. You can't pay four dollars to move a JPEG. Doesn't make any sense. And so, um, so yeah, so these L2s are are interesting. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And, and the same with Tether. I mean, what's Tether doing, right? Like they they just broke a, a, a huge record on profits. You know, they made more money than BlackRock last year. Um, that's that's a big deal, right? If they're if they're outside of the U.S. jurisdiction with a dollar denominated stablecoin, 
and they're making more money than BlackRock, that we're entering the big leagues here. Like this is, and and they're and that's not going to go unpunished, right? Like that is, that's that's concerning, right? Like no good deed goes unpunished, and certainly you don't you don't um you don't show how how, how big your treasure is without somebody trying to you know steal a piece of it. So um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I could very much see something like Tether eventually being co-opted or destroyed, and then something like USDC being um, raised as a CBDC, you know, and people being trained to do it. But, like, I was, I was, you know, like, playing with just Tron the other day, because not because I like Tron, but because everybody uses Tether on Tron. Everybody. In Colombia, it's, like, very, very popular to use Tether on, in Tron in the P2P markets. And the thing is very fast. You know, like moving Tether on Tron is very fast. You know, like that's, that's what people care about at the end of the day. Uh, most people are not, you know, waving the orange flag. They just they just want dollars because dollars are the least shitty fiat currency in the world. And they don't understand Bitcoin enough. So, um, yeah, fast moving crypto dollars. It's it's that's always going to be a use case until the dollar collapses and the dollar co- will probably collapse last. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting question there. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say it, but I mean, Tether, um, while nobody really knows, I mean, they've been, they've never really had a true audit, right? They've been, they've had some people look into their numbers, but it's never been like a big four accounting firm in America or whatever that would appease uh, financial institutions here in America. But I mean, but you just got to look at what they're doing outside of uh, just Tether itself. And I mean, they've made huge announcements in the last couple of weeks, months where they're investing their excess profits into Bitcoin to put on the balance sheet. They're investing into one of the the largest Bitcoin mines in South America, in Uruguay, using 94% renewable energy. And they're also investing into the volcano energy um, effort in in El Salvador. So uh, yeah, they may be playing with dollars, but in the end, it seems like Paulo's real vision and real goal is, is Bitcoin. And um, it's got to be a sly roundabout way that, that Bitcoin gets entrenched in this world and maybe having a bunch of treasuries yield interest uh, being paid to tether and then dumping that interest into Bitcoin mines all over South America is the way that we uh, get Bitcoin even more entrenched in this world. Yeah, I don't. I I want to make sure we don't end up in a two-hour uh, debate about whether Tether is fake or not. But uh, <laughs> I do. I do. I am sympathetic to Tether and to the BitPhoenix crowd. I think that they, you know, I, I know people in the inside, and 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 it seems like they're legit. But I don't know, and I'm not an auditor and not an accountant. And and it does seem like, th- th- nevertheless, they're powerful and they have uh they have a lot of weight and they're and they're making interesting moves and positive moves for for the industry right now. So that's um. It's something to watch, but you know, my point is just like we're in the big leagues now. I have a one more question for you guys. Do y'all see any danger in the potential that stable coins ultimately over the course of say the next three to five, maybe even ten years, um, start to take over payments in a way that they're used more than Bitcoin? Like Juan, you were saying that's um that Tether is used in Colombia. Uh, I've seen Tether and, and stablecoins in general be used in quite a number of different locations. How much could that present a problem for something like Bitcoin Lightning adoption? And then also, how much could that counterbalance the problems with the dollar as fiat? 
right? Because if you've got the dollar now integrated into Tether, which is being accepted across the world, okay, so maybe we see some waning use of the United States dollar for international trade. Um, but how much of that could maybe be picked up by Tether as, you know, using U.S. dollar as a payment mechanism in the sort of crypto ecosystem? I'll take that. Um, no, I, th- I think I think it's a astute um, thing to notice. I mean, if you do a comparison of monies, right, like the qualities of money, just grab Aristotle's like top seven or whatever, right? And then you compare Bitcoin with Lightning, right? And you compare traditional fiat and then you compare USDT on something like Lightning or on something like some centralized L2. I mean, I think it would be better if it was, you know, maybe like I said, think of like a synthetic dollar, right? Like, like stable, like stable sets, right? Some sort of digital dollar denominated crypto asset that moves very fast and it's very cheap to move, right? If you compare those three, uh, obviously Bitcoin is better than, well, and you add gold, right? Gold, Bitcoin is better than gold in most areas. Uh, Bitcoin is better than fiat in most areas, except the two that are big for currency, right? Which is uh, sta- unit of account and um, I mean that's basically it, unit of account, right? Um, but then when you when you add, you know, when you when you do stable coins, when you do something like like let's say let's imagine like uh, USDT on top of Lightning, right? Which a lot of people don't like, you know, but it, it could happen, right? Then now you have a, a very fast and easy to move stable unit of account that most of the world's debt is denominated in most of the world's con- contracts are denominated in it's the most uh lusted after currency in the world and it moves at the speed of light and potentially you don't even need to kyc to use it right like mo- a lot of wallets you know like you could you, they don't ask you for an id to move tether right tether is going to be doing some like top of the top like like uh, bird's eye view uh, analytics and 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 management, and if they think that your 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 money is associated with some illegal thing that's too risky for them as an entity, they're gonna shut you down. But but they're not. You, this actually bleeds further than the edges of the banking system. You know, like you can. It's it takes. It took me yesterday like ten minutes to find a a, a decent allegedly decent Tron wallet and get some Tron tether on it. Uh, try opening a bank account in a country that you don't have already significant ID, you know, recognition and such. Right. So, I mean, this is, it's, it is definitely a big upgrade. Um, I, you know, I, I hate it because it's a libertarian, like, you know, fiat currency is terrible, but um, I think it's, 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 there is a possibility that one of the killer apps of this industry is just a crypto dollar. And it's a matter of like, whose infrastructure is going to be running it and how sovereign and, and, you know, what's going to happen when it collapses, right? Because eventually it'll collapse maybe in 20 years, you know, but when the dollar goes down, whatever infrastructure is underneath it, it will have the opportunity to inherit it. Right. And so that's why I think there's an argument for doing some sort of crypto dollar on top of Bitcoin. You know, I'm, I don't know if it necessarily we, we want tether on top of lightning, but we could use Lightning as the rails and then flip it on the edges, like uh, like Stripe is doing, right? You just you just sell it at the edge, and then you move Lightning as a rail, and you have the equivalent of a crypto dollar. So, um, 
you know, I don't know how much of a threat it is because, you know, you know, if, if we look at Michael Saylor's presentation at uh, Bitcoin Prague, I think two days ago, and I'll, I'll share the link, but th there's, a, there's a pirate and somebody just filmed it with their phone and published it. It's on YouTube. And um, he's got a good point, right? Like the, the half-life of Bitcoin is hardening, hardening every half-life and it, every like, you know, I don't know how many years, but basically everything else loses like 100% of its value, you know, within like 35 years, right? Like gold has doubled or tripled in supply over the past 100 years and is expected to do the same in the next 35, right? Uh, fiat, you know, all fiat currencies die within like 50, 60 years on average, right? And lose 100% of their value, including the US dollar, which is allegedly the best currency in the world. Whereas Bitcoin, and that's just on supply dynamics alone, right? So if you look at the Bitcoin supply, you know, the thing that makes it not exactly a commodity is that you can't make more of it, right? You can't make more of it when demand goes up, right? That's where it starts to get out of the commodities category. It's, it's actually hard money. It's sound money. Because you can't make more of it if there's more demand. You can, you can, everything else in the world you can make more of if there's enough demand, right? Except Bitcoin. And that's, that's huge. That's powerful economically. Um, and so Bitcoin is just a very good place to park your money for 100 years, right? Now, the next five years, it's volatility, right? But like 100 years, Bitcoin is one of the top contenders. So, um, you know, I, I could see a world where you do have like a, you know, a savings account. That it were where you're holding Bitcoin value and then you spend dollars uh, or whatever local fiat, right? Of course, n you know, not everybody wants their, their country dollarized. So that's that's another 10, 20 years of, of economic war. But um, I, I could see I could see that future working, if that makes sense. Great question, man. Please, uh, somebody share some thoughts. That was uh, that's an interesting topic. The best crypto dollar is called BTC, and there is no second best. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin is a stable coin. It just takes some time. <laughs> it's a stable coin, and then it you know it moves up twenty percent or down twenty percent. It becomes a stable coin again. It's you know somewhere well, in the I mean, middle. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we're here <laughs> for world reserve status, and you know, sucking up the entire addressable market, and then I don't think it's gonna move. Um, in terms of price, it will be, Bitcoin will become a unit of account. Um, just the question is when. And I agree for the transition period, some payment apps are, I mean, that's why uh, Galois has stable stats, right? And uh, yeah, I think there's, I also agree that there's, there, there will always be competition. There will be different use, use cases. And the fact that Tron is successful uh, pulling off a scam, but then at least, you know, providing some level of service actually is, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very interesting topic, and uh, we have a lot of new people. Thank you all for joining. If anybody has a quick comment on that last, you know, five to ten minutes of conversation on stablecoins and Bitcoin, feel free to raise your hand, and uh, or maybe you have a question. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining. Uh, share the link. This is uh, so far an interesting conversation. So I uh, I appreciate everybody playing ball here. Um, yeah, Juan, I was going to just add to your point, man. I think you, you laid it out pretty, pretty awesome. Um, the, you know, the thing with it, like, I think it just from the U.S. perspective, like if they are doing it intelligently, they should want stablecoin growth, right? Because it's a way to 
essentially kind of Trojan horse like every other economy in the world by stable coins making their way in without having to do it um, at, a, at a government level. And then once, you know, enough of the population is using it for day-to-day commerce, it's kind of like, well, like, this is what it is. Like, look how big, you know, dollar usage is w- within your country. And so it's probably going to be more of that. And there may be some people who misunderstand and try to um, avoid that. But it, it actually is a good thing for the for the, for the dollar um, from the, <laughs> the overlord's perspective because it just puts dollar demand in the hands of so many more people. Um, and, you know, I would imagine as stable coins grow, more and more of those balances are going to be used to purchase treasury bills, which, you know, there's there's a lot less people um, now who want to you know purchase treasury bills from the U.S. than before, and so that may be like a, a larger and larger uh, source of demand for those bills, which is a problem that the U.S. is obviously going to continue to have a much larger problem with that going forward, trying to plug holes, um, and they'll resort to just like having the Fed buy them, which is a fugazi in itself. Um, but yeah, I think I think ultimately my view is just you're going to have like almost every other probably fiat get wiped out and you know kind of drain itself like into the dollar um and maybe a couple other fiats that remain strong just for like whatever strategic reasons or these countries that have big resources or whatever you know it is that that um gives them kind of leverage over kind of the you know much of the world's fiat currencies which are sort of hanging on by a thread and so um you know you have a lot of that value coming in the dollar obviously ever all of that you know under all that toll you know flowing into the black hole that is bitcoin which is great but you know in it 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 solves a different problem in the short and medium term right now um for certain people in the world that bitcoin doesn't because of the volatility reasons you laid out um but yeah ultimately i mean as as bitcoin gets much much larger i mean it should grow at a rate um of you know Greater than or equal to, like basically the deflationary forces of technology and what that you know does to goods and things in the economy. And right now, we just don't really get the benefit of most of those you know technological deflationary effects because they're just you know doing so much damage to the dollar on the other way that you still have net inflation on the other side. And so, um, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you're going to have both of them probably as some. Not that they're working together, <laughs> dollar and Bitcoin, but as some sort of tandem uh, that's just going to grow, you know, more and more. I think for more people around the world as time goes on. I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on that, but much makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with your your thesis that um, that the fiat seems to inflate pretty close to the rate at which the world innovates. Um, you know, for every great idea that actually turns into a product and saves somebody an hour of work a day. Uh, you know, fiat currency will inflate just enough to steal a good half of that, you know? <laughs> and that seems to be the play, the game that they play, right? Just like inflate enough to steal innovation, but not enough to destroy it. Um, and so from that perspective, you know, Bitcoin does seem to maybe, it allows us an escape from that. <clears throat> but yeah, nevertheless, like again, as a libertarian, I don't like this. I don't like this morally, right? Because I don't like some great power having control over over the currency and the currency of the world. But as a strategist, I see a very uh, convenient and a, and a very like easy alliance between something like Bitcoin and the dollar, right? Um, you know, and I see it because as a Latin, Latin American, as a Latin American, I've seen the ravages of inflation, right? Like I know Venezuelans who've lost everything to inflation. 
I know I've met Argentinians and I have friends in Argentina who are losing everything to inflation. Um, Colombia, like my, you know, my mom used to buy a bag of milk for like a peso. And today it costs like 15,000 pe- 15, pe- 15, I think it's 15,000 pesos, right? So mm-hmm. like Colombian inflation is absurd. Uh, but people are just not aware of it because their neighbors is just that much worse, right? And so if if these countries dollarized, yeah, the government would have less power over the economic policy, but the people would have a more stable money. And so they could actually have a more stable savings vehicle, right? And, um, you know, I, which is not to say that I want the world to dollarize, but I recognize, you know, and, and everything gets traded against the dollar, everything gets denominated the, against the dollar. So they sort of you know, mastermind, uh, you know, uh, strategies within me, you know, that pretends to be a great strategist looks at it and says, okay, you know, if we, if Bitcoin, if somebody put a proper dollar on top of Bitcoin and moved it at the speed of light and then, you know, became the rails of the dollar, if Bitcoin became the rails of the dollar, whoo, that's, uh, that's powerful. Like that's, that's, that means Bitcoin becomes indispensable to the world as an infrastructure. And then when the dollar collapses, which it will eventually, um, Bitcoin would be the thing underneath it, right? So again, like, you know, we would inherit that, you know, and it would be very easy to flip to it. And if Bitcoin's already the savings account and, and the dollar is like the spending account, again, Bitcoin would just naturally transition into that unit of account. I think at that point, at least we'll have a very good position to to do that so um you know i think there's an argument for that and then also again like i think that's kind of what the industry is moving anyway the idea of like a bitcoin collateralized loans to to extract the value um but uh, i think the question against that right like the, the the concern is what does that do to the security model of bitcoin to have the world's you know dollar denominated economy on top of it and that's a question that needs to be uh, addressed uh, properly, for sure. <clears throat> All right. Any any thoughts? Anybody want to jump in? Should we move on to the next story? Um, it's quite a topic. I would actually know since I think uh, Dallas, you participated in uh, the confer- uh, the conference in Prague. Yeah, so my my partner Chris um, was out there. He presented the app that we've been building at Pitch Day. I I unfortunately couldn't make it to Prague, but I was here in Bitcoin, Miami, and still hanging out in Miami at the moment. Um, but yeah, you may have seen him present uh, our our app. Yeah, I saw a picture. Yeah. So are you rolling out worldwide? Um, so so I would say, I mean, the, the North Star and the plan is obviously to be available everywhere. Um, there are... So, I mean, the, the core feature that, that is a little challenging to roll out everywhere all at once is obviously, like, you know, anything that unfortunately touches, like, fiat, like buying and selling. And so the plan there, right, I mean, we're going to roll that out in, you know, as many markets as we can. And obviously continue to expand in all the other ones that, you know, aren't there right at day one. Um, but my, you know, I think, the, you know, the thought now is for, you know, the core functionality apart from buys and sells, right, Lightning Wallet and all the other things you can do in the app. Um, the plan is to, yeah, obviously have that in, you know, the app store 
uh, the app stores um, available in as many markets as possible. So yeah, um, the path is definitely worldwide. But as you can imagine, there's probably a couple, you know, a couple things that stick out as uh, little challenges for different reasons in certain markets. But ultimately, yeah, we'll be all over the place. Very cool. Sorry, my app was bugging out. Uh, can you actually describe your the app you're working on real quick? I, I hadn't heard of it. Sure. Yeah. If you, you guys can, just, you know, in my bio, I've got it linked there. Um, you guys can check it out. I, mean, I can pin something here too, if that's a fair game in this space. Um, basically, so, you know, we're building the Bitcoin Everything app, right? So the, the idea is, you know, it's sort of a super app for Bitcoin Everything. You want to be able to do with your Bitcoin in one spot. Um, you know, you can buy, learn, uh, earn, spend, send, um, and, you know, be able to borrow dollars in a, you know, uh, an awesome setup in the way that, you know, minimizes trust as much as possible um, to borrow dollars against Bitcoin. So there's no, there's no funky, like, you know, lend your Bitcoin out. There's none of that at, at all. Of course, that's, <laughs> I mean, just a no-go. Um, but basically, man, I mean, I think that for us, we, our view is like, you know, there's an app that like uh, constantly I'm having conversations with people and have for many years, like you guys do, I'm sure trying to orange people, orange people and have them understand the same things that, that we do. And ultimately I finish those combos and I'm like, great, you know, where do I send them? Right. They're excited. They want to get some Bitcoin. They want to be able to, you know, use a, an awesome lightning wallet. They want to be able to learn more. And I personally just didn't feel like the things I was hoping to be able to send them to existed in the market. Um, and so we, you know, we went out and built that. And so we've been building it, you know, sort of in stealth mode for months. Um, you know, I've been self-funding stuff myself to get it to this point. And, um, and yeah, so we've got it on test flight right now. We've got just, you know, probably 120, 130 people helping us test, you know, for any of you guys listening, if you have interest on that, you're welcome to, you know, DM me and or join the, the wait list on the site. Um, but basically I think, you know, the, high level we're just trying to build a fantastic ui ux that gets people super excited and i think really the you know the limit of like where we are versus where we want to go you know there's however many million people you want to say have hold and you know use bitcoin right now but reality is right there's you know eight billion people that don't and we got to go get those people and i think the the perceived value and the experience of bitcoin is is for those people is really limited to the tools that you have to use and interact with it and so, um, you know, we're a super excited about bringing that out for people. And then the other side, you know, we're really just not a big ethos for us is not forcing a path on people. So, you know, a lot of apps, you guys, I don't want to call anybody out by name, but, um, you know, there's, there's a number of apps in the space that, that we all know that, you know, if you want to use the app and see the home screen, you need to KYC before you do anything. I, I think that's um, a losing approach because it's a lot of friction. And then there's other apps where you know, there's no KYC, but you arrive at a wallet. And then you're kind of like, what else? Like, what next? Like, where do I go from here? And I think, um, so we want to give people optionality where, you know, you got a really slick to use, you know, dual balance wallet. You can, you know, transact on chain and with Lightning by default. You can also spin up as many self-custodied wallets. You can import your own wallets in. You'll be able to do, you know, watch only mode. You'll be able to set up multi-sigs and just kind of choose your path that you want to go on as you uh, are different people you know, elevate, you know, their level of sophistication, understanding like the value proposition of some of these things. And so we're not trying to force, 
you know, our view of how Bitcoin or should Bitcoin, we're just trying to give optionality for people to have a, an awesome app. And I'll probably end the, end the ramble there, but um, if you guys have any questions, we're happy to try to answer them, but I uh, hope that's interesting. Sounds really cool. So, so you're saying you, one of the features is you can uh, collateralize Bitcoin and get dollars. Is that, was that what I heard? Yeah. And, and I will say that that is something that's, you know, 2024 for us. Um, but basically, yeah. And so, you know, so some people I, I would say are familiar with, you know, maybe things like Unchained, um, right, where you've got like a collaborative, you know, custody model. I think for us, like we're deciding, you know, the, the, the path is either that or, you know, we're going to work with another project that was at Bitcoin Miami that is like singularly focused on that feature. But basically, yeah, I mean, giving people a way to be able to, you know, borrow dollars um, trustlessly, very easy against your Bitcoin. Uh, ideally, you know, it, the North Star is obviously in a multi-sig setup, um, which if, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how Unchained works, but that's that's the idea um, as opposed to, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> like something like Nexo where like they have full control of your Bitcoin and you just hope you get it back and they don't run off with your money. That That's something we're avoiding totally. And, and I think it's, we have a pretty strict standard on like the way we want to implement features for people to follow that ethos. Um, yeah. And so, you know, giving people a way to do that, to not, not need to sell their, sell their corn if they want to choose that, but it's totally optional, you know, optional for people. And, you know, again, not something people need to do. And, if you hold your money in self-custody wallet or even in the dual balance, like your Bitcoin's not like sitting in some master giant pot that like other people borrow from. There's no, there's none of that going on. I think we've all learned why that those are really, really bad ideas and are uh, built to fail. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, um, that's definitely really interesting. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want a huge centralized pot of Bitcoin that's uh, never leads to good things. But, uh, you know, on this topic, I mean, uh, there's, uh, there's a podcast that I listen to called uh, Lightning Ventures, Investing in Bitcoin Companies by Mike Jarmus, who's a, you know, pretty uh, prominent uh, Lightning startup VC. Um, and he interviewed uh, Fuji Money. Uh, maybe you've heard, I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, they're doing like, uh, they're doing basically protocol, you know, Bitcoin to stablecoin um, loans on top of, on top of uh, the liquid network, I believe. And that that's where kind of, I mean, they have a lot of interesting features. I don't know if you've heard about them, but um, I'm curious what what rails you see as, you know, I, I understand this is a future feature, but like what rails or how, how do you see this, this rails competition for the crypto dollar that we're speaking, right? Like you, you wouldn't be sending people a wire, right? For their, for their dollar denominated loan, right? So it would be, or would you, right? Or are we talking about like, um, you know, how, how do you look at it? Right? Are we, are we going to be do? Is it going to be a stable coin? Is it going to be a synthetic? Is it going to be, um, yeah, is it going to be a bank wire? Uh, I'm, I'm curious how you how you guys are thinking about possibly navigating that. And I think you were, yeah, you're muted. Oh, we've lost Dallas. That's too bad. I'm curious. It's uh, it's a cool, it's a cool project. I think if you guys want to check out that Lightning, um, Lightning Ventures podcast, it's actually really good as well. They've got some of the best startups in the game uh, coming on and 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 talking about their products and going into depth. Uh, Moss is a is a great guy as well. If you run into him, uh, he's uh, he's doing good work doing uh, Lightning Ventures uh, 
investments. Um, okay, well, Dallas comes back. I don't know if we, maybe we can uh, jump into another topic. I mean, in the topic of wallets, um, I've been a big advocate of uh, wallet scrutiny, which is uh, an open source project that ought, they kind of, they, they try to reproduce the builds of wallets on your phone, right? So of all the Bitcoin wallets that you have, how many of them do you know that you can rebuild the same APK that you'll be downloading into your phone, you know, the same software you're downloading to your phone, that you can rebuild that from the source and have the exact same app come out on the other end. It turns out not a lot of them. You know, even the ones that claim to be open source, uh, for some reason, if you hashed the .exe file or the APK file on the other end, it would give you a different hash, which means there's something different about the code or the way the code was compiled. And so what Wallet Scrutiny does is they go through every mobile wallet and then they try to reproduce the file that they get from Google Play, right? And I think they try to do this on iPhone as well, but not all the wallets are on iPhone. And um, most wallets fail this test, which means that they're not really open source. Like their source might be on GitHub, but the, the, the stuff you're downloading is somewhat different in some way from the code you see, which means the security we get, the security benefit we get from the auditability of open source is being lost to this lack of a what's called a deterministic build. Um, and so, you know, I've been a big advocate, you know, I don't recommend wallets that are not on the green list of, of, of wallet scrutiny that are at least reproducible because if they're reproducible, it means that they're actually auditable and it means that people might actually be auditing them. Right. So that's a, that's a, that's a big difference for security wise from something that's not being audited or that the wrong code is being audited. Right. And so this is kind of like an essential element of open source, which is actually surprisingly very high bar for a lot of wallets, but um, it seems like the minimum for open source. And uh, on that note, you know, uh, wallet, uh, Samurai wallet, which I have my issues with, and, you know, I don't, I'm not exactly a huge fan of them, but uh, they did become deterministically built recently and uh, wallet scrutiny put them on the green list. So you, that, that's, that's a good thing. You know, that's a step towards transparency and auditability. And, uh, I think that's worth um, worth noting and, and and congratulating, right? Because, you know, I would love to see all these wallets that claim to be open source and Bitcoin be on that list. You know, that 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 gives me confidence as somebody that tends to make recommendations on wallets. It gives me confidence that they're not going to, you know, get completely screwed and and make people lose money. Right. Um, so that's that's the that's the next story. If anybody has some thoughts on that, feel free to raise your hand. We'll get you on board. Juan, my bad, um, my bad, dude. I, uh, <laughs> my phone died. I wasn't looking at the, the screen. I it off to the side. Apologies, guys. I, I know we were talking about Fuji money. I don't know if you closed that door or you're willing to... <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. I think this was just kind of like an intermediate story that I wanted to shout out. But uh, yeah, please. I'm curious what, you know, back to the topic of, uh, you know, Bitcoin collateralized dollar loans. How do you guys think about the rails? How might that work? What's the best path there? Yeah, I mean, so like on Fuji, and I, definitely you guys educate me if you know more. Um, I would say, I mean, it sort of reminds me of almost like Dai or like Magic Internet Money, kind of right, where it's obviously just over collateralized stablecoin. You lock, you know, more in USD terms of the value of Bitcoin than you're minting against it, and obviously. You know, you can be liquidated if, um, you know, your your collateral ratio drops too low 
aka like the price of Bitcoin were to drop too much relative to like what you have borrowed. And the idea is obviously if you, you know, mint this coin, like, oh, well, what keeps it pegged? You know, because it's like if it goes above a dollar, well, you know, people are incentivized to go mint more of it and sell it back down to a dollar. And then, you know, if it goes below a dollar, then people are incentivized to buy it at below a dollar to pay back the loan, um, you know, cheaper than the value at which they took the time of the, the, the USD loan. And so, um, you know, I, I think there's, it's an interesting model, I guess, you know, I mean, obviously you need like smart contract complexity to make something like that work. And the appeal is that the collateral isn't dollars in a bank or, you know, something like Ethereum that's done at the base level that you can just kind of like rug that asset and then make the, you know, the stable coin like useless by rugging the collateral. Um, you know, I, I want to understand, to be honest with you, a little bit more about the finer, finer details of how they're doing it. I think it's interesting. I think like it, it, the challenge is there is like it has to get to a certain uh, size with a certain amount of like liquidity to like kind of make it interesting for people to, to be able to like, you know, let's say swap out of the Fuji USD stablecoin into something else you want without getting like a bunch of slippage. So there's like that's like kind of one challenge there. Um, and I, I guess like overall, like my view on it is, you know, um, for certain markets, right? Like we, if people want to, to partake in like buying over certain amounts of Bitcoin with fiat, right? Like there's just certain jurisdictions where like you, you know, would have to KYC if people are buying over certain amounts. Um, and so, you know, like in the, so the, so a lot of those jurisdictions, like you can offer people like a bank account. And so the dollars they get could be straight up dollars right the dollars they get could be something like tether right but then the question is like if if it's a stable coin that exists on a different chain like eth or some other chain like well who pays the gas fee right and then it's like well are you are you now holding like eth or bnb to be able to pay gas fees like that that doesn't seem like something that uh bitcoiners or myself want to do um and so i guess like my view is like i think that a lot of this stuff is going to continue to like evolve a lot over the next like 12 18 months i think we're probably going to see you know stables issued in some direct way like on lightning and you know maybe even on liquid and so i think we're like a bit agnostic about it and it's just you know if there's something that's implemented in uh, a good you know a way that people want to play with and it's not like a gigantic risk i mean apart from the obvious risk which we can talk about then yeah, I think we want to like give people optionality on that. Um, but I would say for us, like I said, just to be totally honest with you, the borrow feature um, is, is something that's evolving in, as we go right now in real time. And we're not 100% um, on the, the exact way that we want to implement it right this second because there's a couple evolving things that could, could like massively improve that. And I don't want to be like pigeonholed into like one implementation, but I think what we, you know, we want to support different stables that that make their way into like the stack of bitcoin if those are things that people like and they're implemented in a good way it's kind of a long short answer yeah that makes sense um i think bit phoenix well they've announced that they're working on a on a kind of um how do i describe this it's basically tether or usdt but on its own uh network like it wouldn't be on one of 20 different blockchains right it would actually be on on its own network and because you're already trusting them then you don't really need uh proof of work behind it or proof of stake behind it you're just you're just trusting them right and so it's basically just that accounting balance that uses cryptography to move around and some sort of peer-to-peer -peer network um 
I think that's what they're trying to build. I don't know if they can actually pull it off. Um, but uh, that's going to be really interesting because then you wouldn't have to be paying the underlying. You wouldn't have to have to. You wouldn't have to pay fees for the transaction in a separate currency, right? Um, you know, you're already trusting them. Why? Why am I? Why? Why do I need to pay to fund a consensus system that's not giving me any security? And I'm just trying to move Tether, and I'm already trusting Tether, right? So, um, I think there's an interesting thread that they're going to be pulling at on that side, but. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of innovation still to play out and uh, on on that space. Yeah, and like I mean, the obvious like elephant in the room there is like, is there going to be a big effort to try to force certain jurisdictions like you know Lightning nodes to be to need like money transmitter licenses if you're moving dollars? And there's like that whole conversation, which is like not a fun one. And 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 I understand why. Like definitely some really smart Bitcoiners among us are. Um, there of the oath that like that's not like a short-term need to, to get dollars into the bitcoin stack because it opens up like all these other potential arguments and risks and so I, i'm like sympathetic to that view too i don't, I don't think that that's like unfounded that it makes sense as well and mm. you know corrupt people are going to do stupid things so that, that's a great point i mean the, the the powers that be might not see it as a benefit to be able to reach you know twice as many people with the dollar as, as they do right now. So, um, and that would be their folly, I think. All right. Should we move on to the next story? Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of really great conversations about Bitcoin today. I think, um, should we move on to aliens? Cause that's, that's always fun. Rob needs to, needs to hop out. So, um, we might lose connection. I'm not sure what happens if the host leaves, but your co-host, so it, it can it may just continue. Otherwise, you could restart from your from your own. Okay, well, I mean we've gone for a long time anyway. I'm down to talk about aliens and 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 end on that if we can survive uh, Rob leaving. Uh, but if we can't, then tune in to this Twitter Spaces show next weekend. We'll be announcing the time and uh, letting you all know. But uh, stay tuned. And uh, if you sign up to to my newsletter on huangal.com, I'll make sure you get the exact date. And you get a heads up so that you can come to the to the spaces. So thank you everybody for joining. Hang on tight, and if if this space survives uh, the great departure of Rob, then uh, we will talk about aliens. I mean, narrator, the spaces did not survive the great departure of Rob. Uh, nevertheless, we started a new spaces and uh, talked about aliens for another hour, which was uh, quite a good time uh, to spend on our weekend, hanging out with some Bitcoiners, talking about aliens. That was. Uh, that was fun. So hopefully you'll join us next time. Uh, stay tuned on the newsletter and on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Bitcoin News as well on Twitter. And uh, you won't miss it. Take care, guys.